When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just like that, the final hours here for the Thursday edition. Hot Mike with Eddie Withrow across the Outkick Network. Join us on YouTube. You can stream us live, catch us on demand here and Outkick.com. But search out Outkick on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, and Chad's in the chat. Give us a thumbs up, pound the like button, and uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Hutton, you've got one big thing on every NFL game. I've got Coming one up. big thing on my country of Chad. Go ahead. Right now, did you know that Chad is the 20th largest country in the world by no. landmass? It is slightly bigger than Peru and slightly, sorry, slightly smaller than Peru and slightly larger than South Africa. Just, just so you know, not, not a small country, that Chad. Yeah, that's, you know, hashtag good Chad. Good Chad. Over here. Good Chad. Uh, so you've got Thursday night football tonight. It, it appears as though uh, that Jones is going to be a running back for Green Bay as they host Detroit. Uh, Christian uh, Watkins is uh, apparently uh, a expected to give it a go both uh, coming back from from hamstring issues and um you've got uh watson who's the expectation was he was the top guy and love is still putting up big numbers that becomes a huge story if green bay ends up three and one after september yeah against detroit who would be falling to two and two with their second loss within the NFC, one being to the division leader, which would be Green Bay after four weeks. Well, and I know one guy, you know, tore his Achilles and is out for the year, but think about what we would have thought about the fate of Aaron Rodgers with the Jets yeah. this point of the yeah. year and where they would be sitting versus the Packers. Well, and now look at the reality of, of the sitting, Packers possibly at three and one. Speaking of sitting, the franchise QBs that they've had that, you know, Favre came after he's in Atlanta. But you have Love sit behind Rodgers and Rodgers sat behind Favre. And the ability that the franchise has to just roll to the next guy yeah. after developing them. And it was, it was now or never if you're Green Bay to figure out what you have in Jordan Love. And they gave him a one-year contract uh, based on that. Uh, going into week four, just a, a, a couple of notes here. And, and this, is, this is one to keep tabs of. Who's winning the Super Bowl? This year, October tells us the group of teams that will be in the hunt. The NFL enters October this week, and since 2011, only one Super Bowl champion has lost more than one game in October <laughs> in their nuts. title season. So you've got 31 days coming up, and just keep a be on the lookout for who's starting to find. Based on that stat, you can and, eliminate teams that aren't good in October yeah, from, play, yeah, from but, but, Super Bowl contention. But you don't eliminate teams that are bad in September. That's right. also uh, important to note. So Vikings, Chargers, others that got off to a slow start, Cleveland, um, you can still point to reasons for hope because going to run here and you position yourself uh, for the playoff run towards the, the end of the season, you're playing your best football at that point. Recent history, two and one teams that win in week four uh, they improved their playoff chance to 64% of teams that have started 3-1. and one, They make the postseason. 
37% of teams that open the season two and two go on to make the postseason. Now, that's going to be a, a changed a bit because this goes back to 1990. But this will change a bit because you get the extra team now, the seventh team in each conference, and you have the wild card spot where normally you did not based on these stats. And only six NFL teams have made the playoffs after an 0-3 start. So, hey, Minnesota, it's now or never. You have the Texans that did it, the Bills, Lions, Chargers, and Buccaneers, and the 81 Jets. Chad, it is time for one big thing on Let's every NFL game. And we start tonight, 2-1 and one against 2-1. and one. Packers hosting the Detroit Lions. It's a big early season divisional game featuring two teams coming off of victories last week. Two of Green Bay's three games this season have been decided by one point. The Lions, 6-0 against the spread last season against the NFC North. Does that trend continue tonight on the road? And a win for the Lions would achieve something they haven't done in six years. That would be actually having the sole possession of the division lead in week four or uh, uh, further. Week four, week five, that's the last time that happened. Week five, six years ago. Um, Falcons, Jags. This is your London kickoff. Jacksonville playing back-to-back weeks in London starting this week. They're technically hosting Atlanta. Uh, Jacksonville's one of the bigger disappointments of the season thus far. Meanwhile, Atlanta comes off their first loss of the season. Jacksonville, they want to be London's team, let's face it. They'll host the Bills next week there. They've lost the last three games in London. Wouldn't it be fitting, though, if this Jags team with high expectations got things right in London? Given all the smoke around yeah. that team leaving Jacksonville. And Ritter's the perfect quarterback to go against if yep. you're trying to get right. Dolphins and Bills. Dolphins 3-0, and Bills 2-1. and Chad, 43 points per game. Miami's averaging that. 70 points last week helps. Buffalo averaging 30 points per game. The NFL's top two teams in scoring this season. 130 points total for Miami. That's the second most through three games in NFL history. Josh Allen, 9-2 against Miami, including the postseason. He's won nine of his last 10 matchups there, and he started each of those 11 games throwing for 3,000 yards, 30 touchdowns with just seven picks in those matchups combined. Bills defense, nine takeaways, seven interceptions on those takeaways. Vikings and Panthers, 0-3 and 0-3. Oh, Made my favorite one of the 0-3, weekend. 0-3, 0-3. Oh, by the way, the Bills. All the talk about the Dolphins' offense. The Bills' offense has outscored Vegas and Washington by a combined score of 75-13 over the last two games. Vikings and Panthers not outscoring anyone 75-13 over the last two weeks. Two winless teams. Past 20 years, only one team has made the playoffs after 0-3. That was Houston in 2018 with Watson. Cousins leads the league in passing yards. Jefferson leads the league in receiving yards. And Dave, you mentioned this earlier, Adam Thielen returns to face Minnesota. Broncos and Bears. Need we say more? Tune in it's for the car crash. Game of the week. That's your one big thing on this matchup. Uh, loser. Taylor Swift will not be at this Bears game like Win- she was last year. Winner week. remains a loser. Let's let's also just say that True. about this matchup. Ravens and Browns. Two and one and two and one. So far, Lamar Jackson. 73 completion percentage for, uh, for through three games. He's only thrown, though, for just over 600 yards through the first three weeks. The Browns fans, they've watched their defense destroy opponents. Against the Steelers, 14 of the 26 points that were allowed by the teams, uh, by, allowed by uh, the Browns were on the offense. 
not the defense. One of the Steelers' field goals came after gaining just five yards on the drive, for instance. We know the domination that they had last week against Tennessee. Rams and Colts. The Rams playing consecutive road games. This is on a short week for them after the Monday night loss against Cincinnati. Colts are back home after two wins on the road for the franchise, including upsetting Baltimore in Baltimore last week. And the expectation is Richardson is back from concussion protocol to take on L.A. Bucks are hitting the road against the New Orleans Saints. 2-1 against 2-1. Jameis Winston will face his former team. He's in for Derek Carr, who's got the shoulder issue. The commander's offensive, or excuse me, the the, uh, the running back, Alvin Kamara, not the commander's, Kamara, uh, will also make his debut. Have we mentioned Kamara no. since the suspension? He's back. I've seen some funny stuff he posted about coming back and being freed and being able to play, but that's that's about it. it do we consider Jameis Winston a really good backup option in the league in terms um, of backup quarterbacks? Yes, yes because there are some too. miserable options. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's amongst the really good. Not a, Don't have a lot of faith in him, but a backup quarterback yeah, option, there's good. not a lot better no, than they, Winston. I'm with you there. Uh, Commanders on the road against the Eagles. Eagles are 3-0. and Washington is 2-1. and uh, The Commanders' offensive line allowed nine sacks last week to Buffalo. Sam Howell, four interceptions. The Eagles, they have the opportunity to become just the sixth team in, uh, well, the century to begin 4-0 and in consecutive seasons. Philadelphia 3-0, and two straight years for the first time since 92 and 93. Bengals, they got the win. Um, must win yeah. on Monday night with a hobbled Joe Burrow, Avoided but they got it done. They're one and two. So are the Tennessee Titans. That game played here in Nashville on Sunday afternoon. The Bengals have two winnable games now. They have the Titans and the Cardinals over the next two weeks. They place the on the road here in Nashville, on the road in Arizona, and then they will have Seattle prior to their bye week. The Bengals, 29th rushing yards per game currently. They've got to get that going because that helps out Burrow who can't move. Burrow averaging 4.7 yards per pass attempt right now. They have to get the run game going. Speaking of run game, same for Tennessee. Derrick Henry, fewest yards and carries through three weeks over the last five seasons. This one feels big, a turning point for either one of these teams. One and three feels really bad for either one of these these squads yeah. coming out of this game. Two and two, especially for Cincinnati who started 0-2. And Winning this one on the road. You feel the same about great. the Titans, too, at 2-2. Two two. Yeah, absolutely. Weathering the storm and what's been a – I mean, it's, it's, been a, it's been a thunderstorm. It's been rough. It's been rough. Oh, and uh, so has been playing at home. If you're just uh, the, the wagering betting type, the Titans 4-5 and five, dating back to last year against the spread when playing in Nissan Stadium, for what it's worth. Late afternoon matchups, the Raiders and the Chargers. The Chargers, they have a week off after this game. Then they face the Cowboys and Chiefs in back-to-back weeks. They need this win at home in Los Angeles, despite what will likely be a home-type atmosphere for the Raiders. Getting to 2-2, two and two, though, for the Chargers, crucial. Keenan Allen's 18 receptions, the most in one game in Chargers franchise history. He's also the first Charger ever to have 15 or more catches, 200 or more yards receiving in the same game. So underrated. Week in, week out. Keenan Allen. Raiders are last in the NFL in rushing. 30th in yards per rush. And they do not have a rushing touchdown so far this year. You know who is not underrated? Josh McDaniels. Never been described as underrated. 
That's not one description. I've not heard a single person describe Josh McDaniels as underrated. Not underrated. Patriots or Cowboys. Patriots are one and two. Cowboys two and one. Mac Jones is 0 and 12 if the opponent scores more than 24 points. Can Dallas do that? Uh, I asked that because Belichick, he came up with a defense that held the Dolphins to 24 points in week two. Can the Patriots do the same against Dak and company this week on the road as Zeke Elliott returns to Dallas to take on uh, Big D? He'll be in the backfield for New England. The primary issue, though, for the Patriots is their schedule. They've already faced the Dolphins and the Eagles. Now they have the Cowboys. Then they're going to face the Saints. Then they face the Raiders. And then they get the Bills. It's brutal. It does feel like it has to get easier at some point. It gets a little bit easier after this week. But then immediately gets tough again with that Bills game. Uh, It shouldn't be tough for the 49ers. They're hosting the Cardinals. But we said that about Dallas a week ago. The Niners have scored 30 points in each of their three games this season. Uh, Since the start of 2019, 49ers have had three defensive coordinators with Sala, Ryans, and now Wilkes. And the team leads the NFL in fewest yards allowed per game, regardless of who's calling the the defense uh, up in the booth or on the sideline. Cardinals 3-0 against the spread this season, Chad. Telling you. Watch out. Josh Dobbs couldn't find his jersey in the team store. Got that taken care of. He's solving problems left and right in the desert. Christian McCaffrey, uh, a touchdown in 12 consecutive games now. The NFL record is 15 consecutive. Chiefs and Jets on Sunday night football. No Aaron Rodgers, but Taylor Swift will be there at MetLife. That's, you know, skyrocketing on the ticket prices for some reason. Uh, From NFL research, Patrick Mahomes, the fastest player to reach 25,000 career passing yards, taking only 83 games to do so. The next fastest was Matthew Stafford, who achieved this in 90 games. Mahomes has done it in 83. Seven fewer games. That's crazy. The Jets, they have the Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles, and Giants between now and Halloween. Their bye is in uh, the, it's October 2nd, so it's just around the corner. So they have the ability to make a move at quarterback if they so choose based on where their buy falls. Do they want to? Don't know. There's been some talk about Nick Foles ending up there. Um, again, do they want to trade? What happens in Tennessee? What happens in Minnesota? If they're looking for a quarterback to trade for, those guys aren't available yet. But by the time they get around to their buy, or maybe the week after, they could be. But where are the Jets at that point? Yeah, Jack? is it worth it? That, that's, they're the they're going to have to point? win at some point for it to even be worth making yeah. a move. To think about the playoffs. Seahawks on the road against the New York Giants. Second time we've seen MetLife host back-to-back games on back-to-back nights. We did it earlier this year. Now we do it again on Sunday night and Monday night football. Uh, per the Action Network, uh, Daniel Jones, 1-12 at night in his career. Do you pay attention to those numbers? 1-12. I only do. I don't think of it like, oh, Daniel Jones doesn't see as well at night or anything like yeah, that. I don't like think of it that way. I think when he's in the primetime game, it's when the Giants are playing better competition. I read that stat as Daniel Jones has not done well with the Giants in beating good competition in primetime, right? Again, Most of the time, they're going to be playing someone good in those spots. Take the over. I don't know what it's set at right now, over, under. Take the over. Geno Smith's offense, 37 points in each of their uh, past two games for Seattle. Both wins. But their defense, they've also allowed 27 points 
in their first three games. Should be high scoring. Daniel Jones should put on a show. But. Should. But. And Saquon Barkley. It's at night. Is limited this week at practice. It's not good. Daddy plays. This is why running backs aren't paid the way some others are. Because they do get used up. And we're seeing that with Saquon Barkley, unfortunately for him. Yep. At least he's getting his 11 or 12 million. Yep. Guaranteed. Which he should have signed. Chad, that is one big thing on every NFL game this That's week. That's it. You rolled through that What's one. What's your this favorite time, game? It's, it's Bills, Dolphins. I mean, I'm not even joking, though. I'm, I'm kind of really looking forward to yeah. watching Bears, Broncos. Yeah, we're sick. Just to see the, the tragedy right. that's taking place in that game. Um, we, we feast off of, you know, schadenfreude. We this feast off of others' dis- distress. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be watching that just to, to experience all the distress that goes on. Uh, Ryan Leaf uh, went on Good Morning Football today. He's on every Thursday with them on NFL Network and had a lot to say about game day and his Cougs being disrespected. Washington State's own Ryan Leaf about to join us. We'll Hutton, did you, that plus a lot of other NFL and college topics. Did you know that there's only one movie theater in all of Chad, the entire country? You 20th largest country, one movie theater. And Chad would own it. This is where you come for those facts. Ryan Just Leaf like that is next. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. Chad, how about this? Uh, tonight begins a stretch of college, at least one college or one NFL game for 54 of the next 55 days. Next Tuesday is the last scheduled day without football until November 22nd, which is the day before Thanksgiving. That is music to my ears, Hutton. Much like Thursday bad. now being the start of the weekend for everyone yep. because we have football on Thursdays, yep. this is not your average Thursday in May that no one cares about. Right. Now it's the start of the weekend. That gets me excited, too. Yeah, we're always excited uh, and, and also ready for the weekend of football when Ryan Leaf joins us. He joins us weekly uh, here on Hot Mike, uh, host of the Straight Line Pod, and you can catch him every Thursday on Good Morning Football. Ryan, good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Good to see you too, you guys. Yeah, a lot of football. Um, it's it's odd for me because I'm going to kind of start to shut down a little bit because we got the little girl. Oh, that's right. About the time that football finally lets up there around that Thanksgiving. That could be time, any, so. any time now, right? You know, this one was, you know, we're so, we're ready for anything. Okay. Uh, just because of how, you know, how difficult it yes. was to get. Yes. And, and it seems like this one, like, you know, our son did not move at all. And this one is like a rocket. I mean, she's just <laughs> roaring. She's ready to go. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah your uh, your life will definitely change. It won't be just about uh, football when that happens. No doubt about it. <laughs> um, you know, it, it is about football for Washington State right now. And that was a huge football win mm. for, for Coach Jake Dicker in that program. Ryan, I think you can win the press conference and lose the press conference. I thought he won this press conference with how measured he was and his response and, and his – um, not liking what Lee Corso had to say on college game day. I'm going to ask you also about Ryan Day, who I thought lost the postgame interview <laughs> with his emotions and kind of a weird moment to call out 86-year-old former head coach Lou Holtz. But what did you make of Jake Dickert's response? I, I know you tweeted something and Kirk Herbstreit came back at you. But just overall, college game day's involvement in the sport, but ESPN's involvement in Pac-12 media rights – and what Jake Dickert was hitting, hinting at after the game. Well, I mean, 
it's easy to root for Jake Dickert. Okay. It just is. He's an incredible coach. He motivates, uh, you know, he pretty much fell into the lap of Pat Chun uh, after the whole Nick Rolovich situation. So, I mean, you got to respect him. He didn't hear it right. Um, but, but I wasn't speaking to that. I was speaking to the intent. Um, and the intent in that moment uh, was to belittle and make fun of a little bit. And uh, when you had a chance to celebrate college football, to celebrate two teams that is go- are going through the most adverse scenarios, right? I mean, no one wants them. That's exactly what Lee Corso said, and that's the truth. There's no conference that wants them. So they had uh, an opportunity to lift them up and say, this is amazing. Look how well these coaching staffs have put together these winners. They're both ranked Oregon State and Washington State, and they're going to go out and play a great football game. Let's celebrate that. Instead, you know, Lee Corso does the whole wah, wah, wah thing. And then Pat McAfee, you know, he windsock just kind of flows with what everything's going, laughs his, laughs his tail off. And so they made it a joke when they could have celebrated it. And I think that's what Jake Dickert was, was hinting to. I like the way he conducts himself after games. He understands. Also, all he's doing is sticking up for his players. And that's, I'll never, I'll never look at a coach and think that uh, they overstep their bounds or, or miss, you know, shouldn't be speaking out of pocket or something like that because they're, they're trying to lift up their players and that's why they play so hard for them. And Ryan, if he doesn't do that as well, the narrative is exactly what people heard on game day. Um, and it, we referenced this earlier in the week where you came on a couple of weeks ago and mentioned that Washington State's numbers, that the eyeballs on the on the actual product is generally high, yeah. much higher than you would expect. Well, and you were clarifying that, Ryan. What what Jake Dickert said was he, he called it the nobody watches us bowl. I right. was watching it. What Corso said, which I think is even worse, was he said something about it's a nobody wants us bowl. And well, I mean, that's, that's, that's that. true, and the watches is not true. true. Like, right. like if he would have just said, you know, if they would have took that opportunity to go, it these two teams are the no one wants us bowl, which is true. Yeah. But do it with some some empathy. You know, what he said and how he said it was, you know, it's the no one wants us bowl. Where, where, where? And he did that a couple times, and then McAfee's laughing. So it's the intent. And I I have nothing against game day. I have nothing against Kirk Herbstreit. He came back and all he did was stick up for his his longtime friend. And so I can't, you know, I don't have a problem with that. He's wrong in this moment. And that's one thing that Kirk Herbstreit doesn't do a very good job of is admitting when he's wrong. But it took me a long time to admit when I was wrong, too. I just, you know, it takes time. And and uh, but we're all we're all flawed human beings who who don't live up to standards a lot of times, you know, when we all do yeah. it. So I think that's what this ultimately is. But I'm also, you know, I'm also repping. Right. I, I mean, hey, this is always this is who I am, and maybe I'm too close to it. Maybe if it wasn't my alma mater, would I have the same energy? I would like to think I would, but it is. It's affecting these young men and this co- the both those coaching staffs is Jonathan Smith, Jake Dickert are doing a, a tremendous job in the most adverse type of conditions. Ryan, you mentioned uh, what, what Dickert did uh, resonates with the locker room, taking up for that group. What Ryan Day said post game, does that resonate? Does that carry over? It, it can't carry the same weight, but why go at it in that with, with that emotion and that energy? No, I mean it, it clearly pissed him off. Um, I just I don't know how that carries over for Ohio State, regardless of 
what we just saw at the goal line to end the game? I um I'm a, I'm be I'm gonna be honest. I I haven't seen it. Um, I've just heard it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people. It, it's it's just you know compl- you know I heard Coach Holtz's comments, and he's I mean, what did you expect from a you know a the dude bleeds you know leprechaun green yeah. and. But that's been the narrative of Ohio State with Michigan, too, the last two years. It felt like he was defending himself, not his players. To your previous point, Ryan. that's a good point. About you're you're never going to get on a coach for defending their guys. That, to me, felt like Ryan Day defending his own honor about his teams being tougher than people think. Yeah, I mean, you know, they – Ryan Day – we really haven't heard much from Ryan Day as a head coach, as a tenured head coach, simply because he does a pretty good job of just kind of you know, walking silent, carrying a big stick. And that's usually an offensive system. That's a juggernaut. And yeah. so that, that hasn't been necessarily the case. And so there's probably some, you know, unrealistic expectations that are out there for him that he's got to try to live up to. And, it, you know, all of us, you know, we hear things, you know, it, we try not to, we try to block things out and set up really good boundaries, healthy boundaries for us to not, but, you know, we are, we are human beings and we hear We'll hear a thousand compliments and one bit of criticism, and that's the one thing we'll focus on the most. And it's unfortunately the case. And I probably, you know, if he would, if you asked him right now if he, you know, would do that again, I I bet he would say no. So speaking of college game day, college game day will be in Durham, North Carolina at Duke for the first time ever (laughs) on Saturday. Ryan, you've called a game with Duke. What kind of chance do they have against Notre Dame in this one? Take the points and the Blue Devils, baby, all day long. This is this is it. This is the time. Clemson in week one was the worry was is they've never played in the that type of game, the atmosphere. There was a blimp over the stadium. They did not know how this Duke team would react. And how did they react? With playing the best football game under Mike Elko. Uh, chatted with Riley Leonard yesterday and uh, you know, just complimenting him on how he's handled everything. You know, on his day off, he went to the children's hospital yesterday and and gave back. You know, something we talked about when I spent those three days in Durham in August. Just love the guy uh, and and the type of head he has on his shoulders. Place is going to be wild. Place is going to be nuts. Game day is there. First time ever, right? And I know what that's like when they came to Washington State and what that atmosphere was like. And then the place is going to be rocking, right? Notre Dame is coming off an absolute embarrassment. They had 10 guys on the field for the final two plays. That game was one. That was their game in check. That long pass they threw down to the two-yard line anyway uh, to get them there. So, you know, this is ripe. You know, the fact that they're dogs at home, how they've played this year. Mike Elko is by far the best defensive schemer in the entire country. I, I, I've, I've talked to too many coaches around the country, and every single one of them talks about how difficult it is to prepare for a Mike Elko coach defense. And so I expect Notre Dame to probably struggle with that a little bit. And the fact that they're such a high favorite, I mean, this, this lines me straight up for, for Duke Florida state in a couple of weeks for probably the ACC, uh, both undefeated. So we saw the humbling that was inevitable of Colorado and Deion Sanders. We knew that that was coming, right? Three and O start looked great. Got humbled in a win against Colorado state and then got shellacked by Oregon. Now they get USC. And uh, there's sort of back-to-back Heisman Trophy hopefuls facing off against Heisman Trophy hopeful Shador Sanders. Quarterback in the Pac-12 looks amazing. And we've talked about this before, Ryan. What do you think about Oregon's performance in that game and now sort of transitioning for Colorado, coming off that big loss, having to play USC? 
What do you see in that matchup for Colorado? Well, I, I think there's an opportunity for Colorado simply because of what USC puts on the field for a defense. And that's always been the case with Lincoln Riley coach teams. The defense just a bit porous. And, you know, Alex Grinch, unfortunately, kind of, you know, has that laid at his feet. But he does get too complicated in his scheme, I feel like. When he's got the talent and the athletes, I think, to get there without making things too complicated. And when he does, he tends to run guys out of position and gaps are open and guys are running free around the field. And we saw that at Arizona State. Now, Coach Dillingham can really can really scheme it up offensively too. Uh, so that presented a problem. Uh, I think Sean Lewis will have a good game plan. I do think that this, if there's a team that's really good like USC coming to town um, that you can score with, Colorado's that team. Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to score with USC. So they may be able to hang with them. They're not going to win, but I don't I don't know if it necessarily gets the the 21 and a half points that people are talking about. I, I kind of, you know, what Oregon showcased to me is that they're just incredibly physical up front on both sides of the ball. And that was just something that that uh, Colorado couldn't defend. They just couldn't. They they're not big enough. Uh, they're not strong enough. Doesn't mean they don't have the big enough heart. They don't have the, the confidence, any of that. Um, and, you know, we got to look at 9 a.m. body clock start for for USC on on Saturday morning. That's people people tend to think that's an issue. You know, we'll see. Ryan Leaf, uh, our guest, joins us weekly at this time. He's the host of the Straight Line Pod. You can follow him on social at Ryan D. Leaf. Um, 70 to 20. Miami post 70 on the board last week against Denver. Um how do you put that in perspective throughout your football career and putting that on the scoreboard against an NFL defense? I want to say maybe I scored like I was, I was, I contributed to 70 points during my entire career. I don't, I mean, <laughs> seriously, it was my brother texted me and he was like, dude, Miami. And I was like, I was flying home, you know, I was flying yeah. home from, from, from Houston. And I'm, what is he talking about? And sure enough, you know, it's just going gangbusters. I, I think the the greatest juxtaposition of quarterback getting the right coach mm. is is Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett and how it's you know gone the last couple of weeks and how fearful Zach is to what Tua and Coach McDaniel have. I mean the trust, the fearlessness that Tua is playing with. I mean it is unmatched anywhere else. He is so good. He's played well in Buffalo before. But this game is a—I mean, this is perfect timing. Coming off a of seventy, going to Buffalo, who seems to have found their stride again on, yeah. on defense. Um, there's a good stat for you: teams that hung sixty or more the week before are one in six, one in six straight up. Just uh, outlined, okay. Yeah, and uh, and against the spread, they're they're they haven't they haven't covered ever. So, zero and seven. So, I mean, Chad I have been looking do, for a winner. We need a winner. So, do they, that with what you will. All right. Well, he already said Duke plus the points. Yeah. So, we're, we might, yeah. might play that one. A little college uh, NFL parlay with points. Play. I've hit, I've hit back to back four leg parlays over the last two weekends of college. Really? Like, I'm, a, I'm, I don't know whether I should just, I don't have to travel this weekend. So, maybe <laughs> you know, now maybe you're going to be paying just, attention too much. Now's the time to put together yeah. three or four four leg parlays. If you if you're on that type of streak, just go ahead and ride it yeah, out. Well, I do have to sit through a, a little league game and a soccer game on Saturday, so there will be plenty of time in the uh, in the lounge chair to kind of maybe 
take a good good hard look. I'll one up you. I'm coaching a softball game at 9 a.m. and then I'm going to a laser tag birthday party wow. from 2 to 5 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon of college football uh, for my eight year old daughter. So super dad. There You're you go. Super You're super dad. Yeah. Uh, we all do what we can, Ryan. What's the <laughs> lowest odds on injury? What, what's the what's who's, what's the favorite? In Vegas on the injury. Oh, I mean, if I participate, the favor would be me. Um, no, no, I'm saying like, the, is it like a? Oh no, a my like my son. My son doesn't spend more than I don't know, uh, 20 seconds upright when he plays soccer. It's his stick that he goes, he falls. So yeah, yeah. My daughter's got this thing where she really likes to hit the ground too in softball. Yeah. I'm like, you don't have to go to the ground to get that ball. Like, the goal is to stay on your feet so you can make plays, not fall down at all times. You have to crawl in order to walk, though. That's true. That's right. All right, Ryan. Uh, I hope everything goes well. Uh, off the field, off the, the football uh, discussion and coverage with the family. And uh, can't wait for next week with the chats. We're loving these. Oh, oh, I forgot. And we got, after the baseball game uh, Saturday, we got the new Paw Patrol movie. So oh, we're, we're big time. Yeah. Big time cinema. Kick back and relax. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan you're the man. Who's got to buy? So why do I need to watch college football for? Always Paw repping. Patrol all the Thank time. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. We preview Thursday Night Football next on Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody is where you can find the Outkick Studio here in Nashville with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Love being here daily. Glad you're with us as well across the Outkick Network. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hope you'll uh, do that. Plus, uh, pound the like button. Give us a thumbs up. Chad's in the chat. You can catch all the great shows here across the network daily and on demand. Chad, we've got uh, Thursday Night Football. Lions on the road taking on the Packers at Lambeau. Um, Ryan Leaf has been on a roll. We need to get on one uh, in terms of... Back-to-back uh, right. back four-leg parlays yeah. he hit. Detroit uh, favored by two on the road against the same record uh, opponent, two and one versus two and one. If you haven't taken your shot with points bet, now's the perfect moment. Here's a big reason why. Exclusively for first-time points bet users, you can grab this unique offer. Right now, points bet users, new users, can get up to $1,000 in second chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, points bet has your back with a second chance. Get this offer by visiting outkick.com bet. You complete the registration process with points bet. You make your first bet. And then if your first bet happens to lose, that's when the second chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Head over to outkick.com bet right now to snag this offer. How do you like uh, this? Uh, it's uh, plus 114 on the money line for Green Bay, over under at 45 and a half. And Detroit, the two-point favorite on the road after already winning on the road in Arrowhead. And I've already played it. You have. Give me the Lions minus two. I think they go into Lambeau and win and cover tonight. They're the better team. I think they're going to show it. I, Give me the Lions. I am taking the Lions as well. Um, and I, the other thing I like, there's a – a teaser in this that the Lions and Packers each to score one touchdown in the each half. I think it's a high scoring game tonight. That's well. a good one. Um, score a each to score a touchdown in, each in half. That. Okay. In each half. And, and it, you're betting on the fact that Jordan Love isn't going to go through the third, uh, the three quarters of nothing like they did a, a week ago and then turn things on in the fourth quarter. That results in a win, but not consistency in order to win that, to win that tease. Um, yeah, so give me Detroit. I, I think it's a statement night for Detroit. And I, oh, by the way, 
it can go both ways here too. If Green Bay wins and Jordan Love continues the great play, that's also a massive topic as we it's, not just begin week four, as we round up week four on Monday, Love will be a discussion point. Even with the injuries, going to Arrowhead and winning on Thursday night to open the season was a big statement. Then the statement was same old lines the next week, losing at home to Seattle, who looked awful yeah. in week one against the Rams, if you'll recall. This is more of an assertive step in the right direction within that division tonight. So week one, win at Arrowhead statement. This is a win for the Lions that puts them on firm footing in that NFC North. Tend to agree. Right now you've got the Packers, or excuse me, the Lions. They're 6-0 and against the spread last season against the division. They'll look to continue that trend, and they'll likely have to do it against Jones uh, and Watson, who are expected back for Green Bay after – missing uh, the, the recent games due to uh, soft tissue injuries. Uh, from Thursday night football to the rest of the week four NFL slate, time for our NFL eliminator selections for the week, Davey. That's right, Hud. And uh, last week, all three of us advanced. That's right. Still able to have a successful season. Right now, Chad right now we've got loss. some easier selections to go with, though. I, it's going to get more difficult. Well, I appreciate week. that I wasn't eliminated in week one because the way this would normally go is I wouldn't even pick. But yeah, I've been allowed be to pick winners since then. Well, you've done well. Yeah, thank you, Vikings, for that. And, Hut, you will have the first pick for this week's edition. So, um, I realize that against the spread, Arizona's been very good. But I'm just picking straight winners. And Arizona is taking on San Francisco this week. Give me the 49ers. Uh, just a win. I'm, I'm having to go with some top teams early in the season. I went Dallas, Kansas City, and now San Francisco uh, to lead the charge. And the Niners have scored 30 in each of their three games this season. And McCaffrey is scoring a ton of touchdowns. Give me... San Fran just to win outright, and I'll continue in the winning ways. All right. And I ended up going with the team. You know, it's actually – I made this pick before all the conversation started around the Chiefs and the Jets, but give me the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to go into MetLife. They're going to get it done. Uh, Zach Wilson just doesn't have enough in the tank to be able to take on this Kansas City team. And even though the Jets do have a good defense, they're not going to be able to slow down Patrick Mahomes mm. enough for that offense in New York to be able to catch up. Maybe New York's looking ahead to Denver, Nathaniel Hackett yeah. and company. They can't focus on Kansas City. On your week one win with getting the Commanders out of the way, yeah, uh, ma- master class. Well, they right also there. they face the Cardinals. Again, yeah, I've, I've gone to this quite a bit. Look, I, 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 I just want to say that had the Vikings won the way they were supposed to in week one, I would be dominating this competition because I am picking middle-of-the-road NFL teams week by week, saving the best ones for later. But they didn't. So I'm actually technically eliminated. Hutton's Washington Commanders out of the way immediately. Great. Davey's gone with four somewhat dominant NFL teams so far. Yep. Now is my turn to pick a dominant NFL team. Fly, Eagles, fly, baby. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles against Hutton's Commanders that won in week one as a nine-point favorite. Uh, I need winners. That first week loss is really weighing heavy on me. So I'm going with one of the best teams in the NFL. To Always be weary, man. Those division games. It's it's one of those in which, while you think you feel safe, yeah, I, I, you're not wrong there. But but uh, but at least you can see my strategy. Philly's no, I, 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 I get exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. confident you will hit. I just I from 
years past, I've I've been burned on the interdivision matchups. If um if we had to go another round of games for this competition, what would the next pick be for us? Oh, I what mean, are we most confident in? Well, mine would have been yours. No, no, I'm saying uh, the games that are not I, uh, on the, the games board on the board that have not been selected. I would have taken the Broncos. As crazy as that is yeah, to say, uh, I, I, I would look at that as well. Um, I would have gone Jacksonville, Cincinnati. I think the London Jags at home. Where would Cincinnati be on our list? What about the Chargers at home against the Raiders? Nah, I yeah, avoid. Those, I don't, those I don't feel great games. about any of these. Honestly, mine's Jacksonville over Atlanta would be the only one I'm pretty confident in, in happening, and that's a three point spread. Yeah, there's not. Uh, I mean, I'm not confident in Dallas. I've already used them, but I got. I'm not confident that they'll be able to. Uh, to keep that within uh, out of arm's length of a, a game, but Patriots have been losing games, but they've been fourth quarter like down to the wire moments where they've got the ball with the chance to either go tires or, or take the lead. And meanwhile, Arizona raised an eyebrow for all of us with the Cowboys. I would say the one I'm least uh, that, that I have a hard time having any confidence in picking one way or the other this week is Monday Night Football: Giants and Seahawks. Two teams that I have as winners already in this competition, but I would have a very hard time saying what is going to happen in that game. I feel pretty Other good about Buffalo Other than noting Daniel Ryan's Jones' record too. at night, yeah, yeah. which is not good. I, I have no idea. They do have 10 days rest. Seattle has the cross-country flight. A couple of things. Yeah. I don't know. I, I see why the Giants are Giants are currently favored, I believe, in that one. You guys, this is a question I saw posed on a someone's column this week. Okay. USC playing at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. their time. Would you rather play a game at 9 a.m. or 10 p.m. Given the given the time difference, like if you are an East Coast team that travels way west and plays a late night game, or a West Coast team playing what would be an early morning game I for th- you? I think the program wants it over with instead of sitting around all program day. Program definitely wants the earlier. game. I would want the late game. I think it all comes down to if you practice in the morning. Like a lot of these teams, like Tennessee yeah. practices early in the morning and then they go to class. A lot of these teams practice early now. So if that's the case, I think even today when we think about college kids sleeping in until noon and all that, I think most of the college players would prefer playing early and getting the game out of the way as opposed to what we saw with Auburn going to Berkeley and playing Cal at 9.30, 10 o'clock yeah. at night. If you yeah. want to take the crowd out of it, early is definitely the route to go. Yeah. You don't you don't let college fans just sit around drink all day and then be fired up going into the stadium ten o'clock at night. Yeah, that that creates well, that creates a bit more of an atmosphere. These early morning kicks for them was going to have I mean, that would have hypothetically been a part of their new TV package had they received one. Yeah, but you know it had to be creative on that. People are going to watch regardless. I will give a bit of a tease for my top ten games of the week tomorrow. College games. Yeah, it's the lowest I've had Colorado yet. On my list of games, they did they did make the top ten. Though. Okay, they're in the top ten, but it's the lowest I've had them in terms of interest. Uh, as far as non-Saturday kickoffs, do you have many on the on your list? There's I have two good games. I have two Friday night games. Okay, I don't. I, I'm, I think not, I'm not liking the Friday night. One is slates. third on my list, and one is ninth on my list. Why can't that get? Why can't they make that the Thursday night games? I don't. They don't want to compete with the NFL. I think is the answer. And they think that they've got a little niche on Friday night. I'd say one area where I've really been, with all my gambling uh, issues never winning, 
I always win on Friday night. I think I've won. I'm like Ryan Leaf on Fridays. Okay. I've had two or three straight three-leg parlays hit on my Friday night parlay. Now, I did lose the wrong team favored last week on Friday night, but I covered the spread. I bet it at three and a half, and I think my team that I picked to win lost 34-31, San Diego State, Boise State. So I lost the game for our competition, but I won the bet because they covered three and a half. How about Nick Saban uh, not liking or uh, agreeing with the way Dan Lanning handled the pregame speech against Colorado? You seen these quotes on Pat no. McAfee's show? Saban, who's going on weekly now with McAfee, quote, I understand what Dan Lanning was trying to say. It was probably good for his team to hear, to hear in some way, but probably wasn't good for everybody else to hear. That's always the argument. There's got to be some times where you can talk to your team and say what you need to say, and it's not for everyone else to hear. There's that does not surprise me that he doesn't saving. like that route. I think the story with, with Oregon is not that he said those things to his team. It's that Oregon chose to publicize that to the world. Yeah. And then a day later or two days later, they decided to further troll Colorado by posting pregame side video footage of Shiloh Sanders cursing out Oregon players and talking about how he was going to beat them and their coach's ass. And then they're putting the subtitles up of the trash talk he's saying. That was an odd decision by Oregon. Well, that feeds into the I like that we got Colorado. that level of content. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that was Oregon's athletic department, social media team deciding, hey, let's crush these guys even more and post what they did to us pregame. Saban says, and he's doing it, by the way. He's sending his message when he says this. He's joining McAfee Weekly. In the modern world, you can use media to send a message to your team. I don't think you need to do that right before the game. That's something that you do on Monday when you talk to the press. If you want to get a message out there because your team is going to hear that message and reinforce that in the team meeting, you want everyone to think that way, and sometimes you want your fans to think that way. So rat poison doesn't get to them. Well, and Nick Saban is not ever going to There's be one to go and bring Nicholas a camera Saban. into the locker room uh, for his pregame speeches. But Nick Saban's yeah. also one that is smart it's enough to understand the value of getting the word out there about your program in Alabama. It's why he goes on McAfee Weekly. Yeah. It's why he does all the commercials. He'll go That's... on any show that will have him on. He spent an entire month petitioning for Alabama to be in the college football playoff on every show imaginable As a, a year ago. Team. So he will say yes very, to almost every big show. It's a game. Bama on the road at Mississippi State, Chad. Yeah. After winning at home against Ole Miss and the way they did it, the fashion that they did in the second half. No one's the chatter has is really it's been really dull this week in pointing at Tuscaloosa and you know is Bama what's wrong with Alabama you know they're 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 not right what do you point to what are the issues and now they're not they don't have that they don't have that distraction well, and, it, and that's good but also like Mississippi State meanwhile Mississippi what State what they did against South Carolina yeah Mississippi State looked awful against LSU then they went on the road to Columbia yeah. Took South Carolina down to the wire. That game was 27-all going to the fourth quarter. Yep. They decide to finally throw it, and Will Rogers throws for 474 yards. And, and that's how in the game. They had a, a he, receiver that had 227 they yards went from receiving. 67% pass to like 34% pass. Yeah. That, that is a sneaky year game. Year. Not in my top 10, but, okay. but well, a sneaky game. Yeah. Uh, just, just outside the top 10. Lower just than outside. Colorado and USC. If there was a number 11 or 12, it would be in one of those spots. Huh? Right. I would expect that. Fun show today. Where's Missouri Van? Missouri Vandy, uh, let me scroll my notes. Not in the top okay. 10. Not in the top 10. 
didn't even get a mention when I was writing down possible games. Fair enough. Back at it tomorrow. We'll get you to the weekend. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern daily right here on the Outkick Network.